to My Favorite Theorem. I'm Kevin Knudsen, professor of mathematics at the University of Florida, and I'm joined by my co-host. I'm Evelyn Lamb. I'm a freelance writer currently based in Paris. Yeah, Paris. Paris is better than Gainesville. I mean, Gainesville's nice and everything, but it, it's... Depends on how much you like alligators. Uh, I don't like alligators that much. Okay. Uh, so this episode, we are thrilled to welcome uh, Amy Wilkinson uh, of the University of Chicago, uh, Amy's a fantastic mathematician. Hi, uh, say, say hi, Amy, and uh, tell everyone about yourself. Hi, everyone. Um, so Kevin and I go way back. I'm way a back. professor at the University of Chicago, and Kevin and I first met when we were pretty fresh out of graduate school. Mm -hmm. uh, we were postdocs at Northwestern, mm -hmm. and now we've kind of uh, gone our separate ways, but yep. have stayed in touch over the years. Yep. And, uh, yeah, and, and let's see, my son and your daughter were born the same very hot summer in Chicago. Uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Yeah, that's a long time ago, yeah. And they're both pretty hot kids uh, about to go to college at they, this point. They, they are, yeah. yeah. So, um, so Amy, um, you haven't shared what your favorite theorem is with Evelyn and me, so this will be a complete surprise for us, so we'll try to keep up. So, so what's your favorite theorem? Fundamental theorem of calculus. Yes, it's a good theorem. I like that theorem. I just taught Calc one, so this is uh, this is fresh in my mind. I, I I can I can work with this. Excellent. It's probably fresher than it is in my mind. <laughs> um, so, so can you tell us, you know, remind our listeners or tell our listeners what uh, the fundamental theorem of calculus is? The fundamental theorem of calculus is a magic theorem, as far as I'm concerned, mm. that relates two different concepts. Um, differentiation and integration. So integration roughly is the computation of area, um, like the area of a square, area of a, inside of a, a triangle and so on. But, um, but you can make much more general computations of area like um, Archimedes did a long time ago, the area inside of a curve, like the area inside of a circle. So there's long been build up, built up, um, going back to the Greeks, this notion of area and um, even ways to compute it. That's called integration. Differentiation, on the other hand, um, is not, uh, it has to do with motion in its, in its earliest forms. Um, to differentiate a function means to compute its slope or, or speed, velocity. It's a computation of velocity. Um, and so it, it's a way of measuring um, instantaneous motion. And what the fundamental theorem of calculus, and, and both of these notions uh, go way back um, to the Greeks in the case of area, back to the 15th century, I believe, in the case of the Oxford, uh, people at Oxford for the, for the computation of, of speed. Um, and it wasn't until the 17th century um, that um, the two were connected, um, first uh, by someone named James Gregory uh, and not long after, sort of concurrently, by Isaac Barrow, who was the uh, advisor of, of Isaac Newton. And Newton was the one who, who really formalized the connection between the two. Right, but this wasn't a, just a lightning bolt that suddenly came from Newton, but it had been building up for a while. Building up, building up for, uh, actually, in some sense, I think it was a lightning bolt uh, in the sense that all of the progress on the fundamental theorem of calculus happened within maybe a 30-year period. So in, in the world of mathematics, that's sort of, you could even say that's like a fad or a trend or something, you know, like someone does something and you're like, oh my God, let's see who, you know, let's see what we can do with this. And, 
and and so it, it's a it's a amazing um, insight that the two are connected. Um, so like a the, the most concrete illustration of this is actually one I read in Wikipedia, which says that if you're suppose you're in a car and um, you're not the driver because otherwise this would be a, a very scary application. You can't see outside of the car, but you can see the odometer, uh, the speedometer. Sorry, you can't see the odometer either. Someone's put tape over it. But you can see the speedometer and that's telling you your velocity at every second, right? Every instance, there's a number. And what uh, the fundamental theorem of calculus says is that if you add up all of those numbers, um, you're going to, over a given interval of time, it's going to tell you how far you have traveled. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but it's, it, it's saying it like, you could just take the speed that you see the, on the odometer the minute you start driving the car, and then multiply by the amount of time that you travel, and that'll give you kind of an approximate idea. Mm -hmm. But you instead could break the time into two pieces and take the velocity that you see at the first time and then the velocity that you see at the midpoint and take the average of those two times and that those two velocities multiplied by the amount of time and that'll give you a better sense. Mm -hmm. And basically it says compute the average, the average velocity um, multiplied by the time and, and you're gonna get how far you move. That's basically what the fundamental theorem of calculus means. So, so, so here's my own hot take on the fundamental theorem. Uh, I, I, I think it's actually named incorrectly. I, I, I think the mean value theorem is the real fundamental theorem of calculus. Uh -huh. Because if, if, you, if you think about the fundamental theorem, it's actually a pretty quick corollary of the mean value theorem. Right. Which, which essentially just describes, mm -hmm. well, the, 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 fundamental, the version of the fundamental theorem that, that calculus students remember, namely that to, all, you know, to, to compute a definite integral, all you have to do, and our, reader, our listeners can't see me doing the air quotes, but the, all you have to do is find an antiderivative for the function. Um, we, we know how hard that problem is. Um, that's pretty quick uh, uh, corollary of the, of the mean value theorem, basically by the process you just described, right? I mean, you, you, you've got your function and you're trying to you know, do, compute the definite integral. So what do you do? Well, you, you, you take a Riemann sum, you chop it into pieces. And then the mean value theorem says over each subinterval, you can replace, uh, there, there's some point in there where the derivative equals the average, you know, the average rate of change over that little sub-interval, and that's when, and, and so you replace it with all that, and that's how you see the fundamental theorem just drop out. This Riemann sum is essentially just it's saying, okay, you, you find the antiderivative, and that, that does the story. Um, so uh, I used to sort of joke with, I always joke with my students that uh, one, one of the things I'm going to write a, a, an advanced calculus book, sort of like Where's Waldo? Uh, it's, it's mm -hmm. gonna, but it's going to be called Where's the Mean Value Theorem? Right, because because you know, uh, I like that. Yeah, because you know, whenever you teach advanced calculus for real, you know, uh, not just that first course, um, you start to see the mean value theorem everywhere. So, see, I think of the mean value theorem as being the flip side of the fundamental theorem of calculus. Okay. And my favorite, like to me, what is the mean value theorem? The mean value theorem is a movie that I saw in high school mm -hmm. calculus mm -hmm. that was probably filmed in like 1960 something. Right. And the on a, <laughs> on, on a movie projector? Yeah, on a movie projector. Yeah, right. A lot of our listeners and... don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's just a very simple little story. A guy gets, you know, a guy's driving. Again, mm -hmm. it's just yeah. a driving analogy. Sure. I use these all the time um, too. Yeah. And he stops at a toll booth 
mm -hmm. um, to get his ticket. And the ticket is stamped with the time that mm -hmm. he's crosses the toll booth. And then he's driving and driving and he gets to the other toll booth and hands the ticket to the toll taker. And the toll taker says, you've been speeding. Mm. The reason I know this is the mean value theorem. <laughs> so he says it just like the yeah, mean right. value yeah. theorem. <laughs> uh, I wish I could find that movie. I'm sure I could. It's so brilliant. But, but see, there, what that's saying is if I know the distance that I've traveled from A to B, mm -hmm. uh, I could calculate what the average speed is mm -hmm. by just taking, okay, I know how much time it took. Yeah. So that second toll taker knows A, how much time it took and B, the distance, because he knows the other toll books, right? Mm -hmm. And so he computes the average speed. And what the mean value theorem says is somewhere during that trip, you had to be traveling the average speed. Right. So it's sort of like I can do speed from distance. Mm -hmm. average, you know, at some point I had to, and so if you took too little time to travel that distance, you had to be speeding at some point, which is so beautiful. Right. Um, but that's sort of the flip side. Like mm -hmm. if you know the distance and the amount of time, then you know the, the average speed. Mm -hmm. Whereas the, one, the first illustration I gave is you're in this car and you can't see outside of the odometer, but you know the speed, yeah. the average speed, and that tells you the distance. So maybe they're yeah. the same theorem. But they're all the same yeah. in some sense, right? <laughs> yeah. I think this is why I still love teaching calculus. I've been doing it for like 25 years, but I never get tired of it. it, it it's endlessly fascinating. That's wonderful. Yeah. We yeah. need more calculus teachers like you. <laughs> I don't know about that, but uh, but I do. I, I, I do still or at least with I, your attitude. Right there, we go. There we go. Yeah. So so this is actually, but the fundamental theorem is just sort of like a one-dimensional version, right? There, there are generalizations. Yes. Yes, there are. Yeah. So that gets to like my favorite generalization of the fundamental theorem of calculus, which is Stokes' theorem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what does Stokes' theorem do? Well, for one thing, it explains why pi appears both in the formula for the circumference of a circle and in the formula for the area of the circle, oh, inside of the circle. That's cool. Yeah. Right? So one is pi r squared and the other yep. is 2 pi r. Mm -hmm. And roughly speaking, if you differentiate, suppose you differentiate with respect to r, this is sort of bogus, but it's correct. No, let's go with uh, it. You, you differentiate two, uh, pi r squared, you get 2 pi r. Yes. And the point is that Stokes' theorem, like the fundamental theorem of calculus, um, relates two quantities. One quantity uh, of a geometric object, in this case, a circle. And one is um, an integral inside the object, and the other is an integral on the boundary of the object, mm -hmm. and um, the and what are you integrating? So um, Stokes' theorem says, if you have something called a form, and you and you um, and it's defined on the boundary of an object, and you differentiate the form, then the derivative, the integral of the derivative of the form on the inside is the integral of the original form on the boundary. Yeah. And the best way to illustrate this is, is with a picture, I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful, the formula itself has this beautiful symmetry to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Well, Maybe. and our, our listeners will be able to see that uh, online um, when we post this. So we'll, we'll have a visual aid. Okay. So the Stokes' theorem establishes the duality of differentiation on the one hand 
which is like analysis calculus kind of, right? Mm -hmm. And taking the boundary of an object on the other hand. Mm -hmm. That's geometry. And right. boundary we denote by something that looks like a D, but it's sort of curly and we call it del. And differentiation we, we denote by D. Mm -hmm. And the point is that those two operations can be switched <laughs> mm -hmm. and you get the same thing. Mm -hmm. You switch those operations in two different places, you get the same thing. Yeah. And that duality like leads to differential topology. I mean, it's just like, it's the next theorem that's amazing is Durham's theorem that comes out of that. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Let's let, let, let's not go that far. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's remarkable that you think like um, in calculus three, we we sort of at the very end we we teach students Stokes's theorem, but we we sort of get there incrementally, right? We teach them Green's theorem and the plane, and then mm -hmm. and then we give them the divergence theorem. Right, which is mm -hmm. still just still the same. They're they're all the same theorem, and we That's never right. really tie it together very well. And we never go. Oh, and by the way, if you just sort of if we would unify this idea and say, by the way, this is really just the fundamental theorem of calculus. If you take your, right. your if you take your manifold to be a, a you know a, an interval with, with with a closed interval in the plane. So, um, this makes me wonder if we need to start modernizing the calculus curriculum. On the other hand, then that gets a little uh, a little new mathy, right? I mean, do we start? No, no. You know? I, I think we should totally normalize the curriculum in do this you? way. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, start, that's okay. Start with, start uh, it depends with differential on what forms. level we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, but yeah. I have always found that okay. So um, I'm going to confess the one time I taught multivariable calculus. Mm -hmm. to quote-unquote regular students. Now, granted, this was ages ago mm -hmm. um, at Northwestern. It did not go very well because mm. I was so irritated by the current curriculum, I couldn't hide it in the way I was oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> presenting it. And um, so, but I've taught lots and lots of times multivariable calculus to somewhat more advanced mm -hmm. students, mm -hmm. sort of honor students who might become math majors, might not. And I always adopt this viewpoint that um, the fundamental theorem of calculus is relating um, your object, your geometric object is just an interval and its boundary is two points. Right. Yeah. And, you know, differentiation and integration connects the value of, the func value of a function, difference of values of functions at two points with um, the integral over the interval. Mm -hmm. Well, so, that, so that, that, then that gets to the question of is 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 that the right message for everyone, right? So you say you know, that, that I could imagine this does work well with with uh, students who might want to be math majors, but in a in a in an engineering school, right? For example, right. so so when I teach this, of course, I haven't taught multivariable in probably fifteen years, but but I'm tending to aim it at engineers. So what right. what engineers, I mean, they don't want they don't work outside of three dimensions, right? For the most part, right? Um, would, would this really be the right way to go? I don't know. That's uh. I, I, maybe, maybe, it's good. Maybe. For, it's, first of all, it's it, it's good for turning students who are interested in calculus into are interested in math into math majors. That's what I found. That I believe. So for me, that's that's an effective tool. I, I absolutely believe <laughs> but, that. Um, yeah. 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 I don't know about engineering students. You know, they they have a just they really have a distinct set of needs. Right. I mean, but social scientists, for example, work regularly in very high dimensions sure. and I have taught this material to social scientists back at Northwestern and that mm -hmm. was also I think pretty successful hmm. interesting well 
That's a good theorem. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we love the fundamental theorem around here. So <laughs> the, the best things in life are often better together. So one of the things we like to do on my favorite theorem is to ask our guests to pick a pairing for their theorem, a, you know, fine wine or tea or beer, ice cream, piece of, you know, music. So what would you like to pair with the fundamental theorem of calculus? You know, something like a mango, maybe. A mango. I mean, mango. Okay, so, right. well, something where um, you have this organic, beautiful shape that you, mm -hmm. if you wanted to understand analytically, um, you would have to use calculus. Okay, so first of all, mango is literally my favorite. I love them too. Oh, man. Ripe mango. It has yeah. to be good. Yeah. Bad mango is torture. But this is one of the perks <laughs> of living in Florida. We have good mangoes here. Yes. Um, and yeah, the man what I love about the mango is it's a natural form that is truly not spherical, right? right? It's a fruit that has this clearly organic and very smooth shape. Mm -hmm. um, but to describe it, in fact, I don't even know. I mean, it's I not a solid revolution. Yeah. Well, it, <laughs> like yeah. why it grows like that, right? Well, the pit is weird, right? The pit's sort of flat. Yeah. 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 Why yeah. does it grow like that? That's interesting. Yeah, because most uh, things, like an avocado, for example, it's sort of pear-shaped, and you know the the pit's round. But um, right, right. But but the mango. I, I don't. Although an avocado is another example of a beautiful kind of organic shape. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That uh, is not round. You know, perfectly yeah. spherical. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, if I had to think of, of, of and, and I love avocado as well. Mm -hmm. So I could have like a mango avocado salad. Maybe. Oh sure. yeah. Okay. That's sort of set the really getting quite, quite gourmet. And, and, and this goes to the fundamental theorem, right? Because now you have to chop that up into pieces, which I mean, you know, <laughs> right. You know, so, so it's sort of the Riemann sum of, of, of your two things. And they're very hard. Both of them are very hard to get the, the fruit out of the, or yeah. reasonably difficult to get the fruit out of the Well, well you know shell. the deal, right? You, you, know, you, you cut it in half first, and then you, you dice it and scoop it out, right? I mean, you know that. If, you mean with the mango, right? Well, you do, so you do, it, like an, a, you do it with an avocado, too, yeah. yeah. You know, I've never thought to try that. With yeah, 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 yeah. You cut, you cut the avocado, you know, take a big knife and just cut it and then split it open, pop the pit out, and then yeah. just dice it and scoop it out. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I usually just scoop it and dice, but you're right. Yeah. Because with the mango, you do the same, but then you sort yeah. of turn it inside out, and it looks like a hand grenade. Yes, It's really right. beautiful, and right. then you just pick off it. You yeah. do the same thing with an avocado and just scoop it, yeah. See? Yeah, it's a very interesting illustration, too, because when you turn inside out the uh, mango, mm -hmm. you can see these pieces of um, these, these cubes of fruit that are spreading apart. Right. Yeah. And so you sort of can see how by changing the boundary, the shape of the boundary, you change radically the sort of volume enclosed by the boundary because, mm -hmm. right, because those things spread apart because of the reverse curvature. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, now I'm getting hungry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with these pairings, right? We yeah. record an episode and then we all have to go out to eat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. Of course, a more provincial kind of thing that's like almost not provincial. Why did I say provincial? A more kind of everyday object uh, piece of fruit. It would be, as you said, pear. I 
pairing, yeah. mm -hmm. the pair, and perhaps <laughs> more connected to Isaac Newton. Um, oh, true. Yeah. yeah. Apples. Yeah, the apples falling on his head, right? Yeah. That's yeah. 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 a pair. Yeah. Cool. Well, this was fun, Amy. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Anything else um, you want to add? Any 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 projects you want to plug? Any? <laughs> we always uh, give everybody a chance to do that. Um, what are you working on these days? Very interesting. Yeah, I'm working on well, my my area is dynamical systems, right. um, which um, is hard. It's hard, <laughs> and it's also but also is is connected very closely. It's not that hard. Uh, is, is connected to um, Smale said it was hard. The so fundamental theorem. I study yeah. how things change over time. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I've been helping out some. Um, or I don't know if I've actually been helping, but I've been talking a lot with um, uh, some physicists who build particle accelerators. Oh, cool. And um, we're trying to use tools from pure mathematics to design these accelerators more effectively. Mm. Oh wow! Um, to keep the particles inside. The accelerator uh, moving uh, in a focus beam. Nice. So it's 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 a direct application of certain areas of smooth dynamical systems. So very cool, very cool. You never know where your career is going to take. Yeah, it's really it. fun. I mean, you know, you start in one place, nope. and yeah, it, it, that, that's part of the beauty of mathematics. It just you, you never know where it's going to lead you. I know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, thanks so much for, for joining us on My Favorite Theorem. Thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to My Favorite Theorem, hosted by Kevin Knudsen and Evelyn Lamb. The music you're hearing is a piece called Fractalia, a percussion quartet performed by four high school students from Gainesville, Florida. They are Blake Crawford, Gus Knudsen, Del Mitchell, and Bao Chan Nguyen. You can find more information about the mathematicians and theorems featured in this podcast, along with other delightful mathematical treats, at Kevin's website, kpknudsen.com, and Evelyn's blog, Roots of Unity, on the Scientific American Blog Network. We love to hear from our listeners, so please drop us a line at myfavoritetheorem at gmail.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Kevin's handle on Twitter is at NivikNazdunk, that's Kevin spelled backwards followed by Knudsen spelled backwards, and Evelyn's is at Evelyn J. Lamb. The show itself also has a Twitter feed. The handle is M-Y-F-A-V-E-T-H-M. That's at my favorite theorem. Join us next time to learn another fascinating piece of mathematics.